You're listening to Living in His Love on The Answer Broadcasting with Reverend Trudy Daly. Now, let's prepare to hear this week's message. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to guide and direct this program. May all that is said and done be truthful and loving and reflect your word and your ways. Open the ears and hearts of those listening that they might be blessed by what is said. Help each listener to know and understand how much you love them and that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to save them and that you want to help them in every situation in their lives. Amen. Welcome. We're glad you're joining us again today, and we're fortunate in having back Adrian Evans from Adrian Francis Ministries. Adrian. Hi there, everybody. It's good to be here again. Uh, great to see you again, Pastor Trudy, and we've got young Chris at the table here working hard on the sound, and I'm trying to keep straight in the microphone. So <laughs> anyway, it's great to be with you in your space out there. Uh, last session, I started talking about one of the greats of the Bible, and she doesn't even have a name. She's in the story. You can read it for yourself. We read it last week. It's in 1 Kings uh, chapter 17, verse 8 to 15, the story of Elijah going into this, to the town, and he meets the woman gathering sticks like God told him he would, and she would feed him. And um, we were talking about this lady and what a great, really what a great leader and a mentor and encourager she is. Here she is having no faith. Uh, She couldn't even get on the phone and say to somebody, hey, I'm having a hard time today. Do you think at least you might pray with me or come and visit me? You know, she was a single mom in a hard economic time does that remind you now of the world so many people they're in now and sometimes when we're in those situations we feel like we're the only one right now suffering like this can I tell you it goes right back to the time one kings was written a widow woman a single mum grieve with the responsibility of a home the economy was terrible They were in drought. She had no faith and nowhere to go. And the fact that something in her was what captured God's heart. God set her up for a miracle. And we talked last week. We said she was a self-starter. If you can uh, listen to the program last week, she's a self-starter. Napoleon Hill said the future belongs to the self-starters. The future belongs to the dreamers, not people who have a dream and not people who want to start, but people who put feet to their dreams, who get out of bed and show up. And we can't afford to wait on somebody always to encourage us. We get up, we show up, and we go out and we do. The two things I wanted to touch on today uh, about her, another two, she went with what she had. Now, she had a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. Now, really wasn't going to make a big difference to their life. You know, uh, Pastor Trudy was like it was going to add two days or something. And then she said, and then we'll die. That wasn't negativity. That was a statement of fact. 
they would because they had run out of all their resources. As I said before, the thing that inspires me about her, she said, you know what, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die tired. I'm going to die having used every resource that I have. So I want to say today, for say the second thought, she went with what she had, even though it wasn't seemingly going to make a great difference to the outcome, but she had some flour and some oil that hadn't been used up. She could have sat inside and said, you know, well, what's the point? It's a lot of work, you know. I don't know how ladies did it in those days. I can't even imagine needing bread and having to get the flour and get the oil and make the bread. I mean, I'm all about frozen food and microwaves, so I would have never cut it in those days. So, but she, she said, I've only got a little bit, but you know what? I'm going to get out and use what I had. And last week we said this, and it bears saying again, because sometimes we, we feel inadequate and we feel like what I have really can't make that much of a difference. But can I tell you, if you will pick up what you have, this little bit of substance or a little bit of the, the, the ability to love a, a little bit, the ability to help a little bit, the ability to whatever it is in our life, whatever we can do, we do. We take the small and we, we all know one of God's great principles is if you can't be faithful in the least, he said, you won't be faithful in the much. So he said, don't ask me for the much. I'm looking at how you steward the least. I'm looking to see what you're doing with that little bit of flour and that little bit of oil. I'm looking to see what you do with that little bit of time. Do we wish it away or do we pray or do we do something practical with it? This, she went with what she had. There are many people in the kingdom who say, you know what, I'll give when I have a lot of money. But God shakes his head at that because he said, if you can't give when you have $10, you will never give when you have $1,000 because he knows our humanity. He knows that if we can't be faithful in the least, then we won't be faithful in the much. One of the things that I believe attracted God to her life was God knew that she was using everything she had. And if he put more in her life, she would continue to use it right up. She was faithful with the least. She went with the, the least, with the small, and went out into the field with the small. It's, it's a great principle, but it's a great lifestyle if we will only ever use what we have we may not think we're enough. We may not think we can make a difference. But you know what? If I can make a difference in one person's life, that's attractive to God. Many people, when I got saved, wanted to go and preach to the masses and teach the masses and do big crusades. And I learned this many, many years ago. But if you can't go to your neighbour, you can forget the masses. You, it's local and beyond. Yes, some people are called to the masses, but you are also called to the one. And so we're faithful in the small amounts and what we think is small. 
And then God will multiply that and multiply that, just like he did with this precious lady. He just, she gave everything. And really, she gave it on the word of the Lord from Elijah. She gave it after. Now, I've heard it preached that people give everything and then God will give to you. No, you give on the word of the Lord. And she, Elijah gave her the word, then she gave everything. And it's really exciting for me to watch a little lady just get out and use what she had and watch God just watch over her and I'm sure smile. You know, it's just, it's cool. It's cool. And I'm not sure about people out there, but we all sometimes compare ourselves to the singer who's got all the, the popularity and we're flat out singing one or two songs in church or the preacher who's got all the big platforms and the books and here I am in this small church in the wilderness. Let me tell you, Jethro pastored a small church in the wilderness and he spoke into the Moses and God sent the Moses through the deliverer of the nation to be healed and restored. God said, if you're faithful with the least, if you're faithful where you are. Uh, what's that other great scripture? Do not despise the day small of small beginnings. Everything starts small. But this lady, she just didn't, she knew she had, didn't have enough to change her life, but she knew she had enough to change two days and give her two days of life. Yes. Well, I think sometimes we don't realize um, the power of being a blessing, even in small ways. And what happens is when we do that, then, then we do get blessed. And I know a lot of times, like you say, especially with financial things, that we look at the bills and we look at what we have and the temptation is there to kind of scrimp maybe, but it never works, I found. When, the few times I tried to do it. But I also found that the more that I would just step out and do what I believed I was being told to do, that the blessings would flow in ways sometimes that you didn't expect them to. Yes, yeah. There's a, there's a powerful principle. That, let's not wait till we've got a million dollars, if that's in our future, and God willing it is somewhere, but it would be great. But you know what? Right now I have something that I can tithe, that I can give an offering on, that I can be faithful before God and steward it. And the other thing, the other area of stewardship that I believe was special with her was her days, her time. Um, she stewarded her resource. Now her time. She has two days left. And time is something that is beyond precious. And uh, it's a, I believe it's something we need to, we need to be reminded of regularly. Like she could have wasted two days and had that mindset, you know, two days, well, you know what, because she chose to steward her time. Time is something that once we spend it, we can never get it back. Yeah, God can redeem dreams, but he doesn't give us back 10 literal years. God, this time is something that once we spend it, I'll never, ever get it back. And there's something in her that saw the value of living two days time. Like it was like, it was like, wow, I get two days to live. And sometimes we can get so discouraged and so down in life. Two days is like, 
you know, what difference is that going to make? You know, I'm going to waste two days and throw two days away or throw a day away or how many times have we just not even been focused or got caught up in some different things and said, I, I don't know where that week went, you know, and I did nothing. It's not that I've been busy. I let time, I didn't steward my time. And I think time is one of the most valuable commodities, if not the most valuable commodity there is on the planet. Don't let someone else, someone else's lack of enthusiasm, don't let someone else steal your time. Be good stewards of our time. It's, if, if you like, can you imagine how a person, if they're in their 90s, they're running out of time and now someone who is young, say in their 40s, younger in their 40s, and there they said, look, you've got all this money and you're 90, how about let me swap, let me give you, you give me your, all your millions and I'll give you my 50 years. Am I saying that correctly? I'll give you 50 years if you give me all your millions. You're 90, got millions, I'm 40, I got nothing. Well, let me, let's swap. I'll give you 50 years and, I'll, and, and all those millions. You know what? We, there's not enough money on the universe to buy time. There is not enough money. We can look at someone else's life and think, wow, but am I willing to sacrifice 20 years? Time to say, you know, I wish I was like them. I wish I had what they had. I wish I was there. Well, if you'd given the opportunity to sacrifice those 20 years, 20 years of living and just somehow automatically be there, we wouldn't do it. Because time can't be bought. It can be robbed. It can be unappreciated and it can be wasted. But we need to look at our time. And, and I said to somebody very close to me the other day, they're closer to 40 than 30. I said, listen, 70, 60 gets around a lot faster than you think. And I said, you've got to think that every day is valuable and every day can be lived to the most. This woman so stewarded her time. Her two days to her was everything. It was a life. It was the rest of her life. And however long life that I have left, that Pastor Trudy, that Chris has, that you listening have, some of us have 10 years, some of us have 20 years around about, some of us have more, some have less. But let's make a decision that we're going to make those days count. Let's make a a decision, uh, we stop and, and we make a conscious decision that whatever I've got left, I'm going to steward this and live it to the very, very fullest. We can't get back our wasted yesterdays, but we can learn from them and not waste our tomorrows. Time is very, very important, as we all know but it comes and it goes like that. It's just before we know it, it's gone. So fill every minute, fill every day with purpose, with dreams, 
with love, with kindness, with forgiveness. Fill every day with purpose, on purpose, and we build legacy, which is our next point. We build legacy, we build future. We don't waste five minutes showing kindness is sowing into somebody's future. It's five minutes lived on purpose. This, and, and the last thing that I wanted to just say about her is that she had a responsibility to the next generation. It wasn't just her life that was being affected by this. It was her son's. It was the one she had responsibility for. And sometimes what we wouldn't do for ourselves, we would do for our children. You know, sometimes we, we'd be too tired to do something for ourselves, but if our child asked us to do it, oh, we'd be all about it. Nothing would be too much trouble because all of a sudden this energy comes because it's not for us, it's for somebody else. And so sometimes, you know, what might be easy for us to say, oh, I can't be bothered, I'm too tired to do that for myself, but someone we love, someone we love, we would get up, we would find the energy right then there and do it. You know, yes, Pastor Trudy. There was a, a point in my life where um, I really was ready to stop. I was at an age where most people retire, and I said to the Lord, well, okay, can I retire? And uh, I didn't hear anything, and then I kind of asked again, and I said that, uh, well, let me pray about this. And when I was praying, I felt I was hearing, well, if you stop now, your son will never fulfill his destiny because you don't fulfill yours. Yep. And I thought to myself, I have a right to give my own away. I do not have a right to take my son's away. Yeah, this, you know, the reason we live is legacy. The reason we live is to leave something. You know, if, 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 and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but if a church is full of people 90 year old, where is their legacy? As far as this group goes, they have individual legacies for sure. But if there's no young people to rise up and take a hold of that vision, that'll become a storefront somewhere. And so the reason we do anything is for legacy and to leave something. And if this lady had a quit, her son and all the future generations would never have been born. What we won't do for ourselves, we would do for someone else. You know, I remember, it's a funny story, but it paints a pretty clear picture. I don't like spiders. And in Australia, we have really big spiders. And um, when they're in a room at night and the light is on them, they look even bigger when the shadow's up on the wall. Well, my son was about two year old and he come running out of the room one night, there's a spider in my room. And now I have no use for spiders, but because he was terrified, I said, it's fine. And I marched in that room like the big spider killer, you know, and I <laughs> closed the door, took a breath and filled it with that much spray that it spider would have drowned if nothing else. Eventually I got it, got rid of it, aired out the room and everything and Mike went in and went back to sleep. Now, that was in my room, forget about it. I wouldn't care about it. I'd just go sleep somewhere else. You know, I'd wait till the spider died of old age or something or crawled away, you know. I, I don't want to go hunting spiders, you know, because it's weird when they crawl on you, you know. So, 
But because it was my son, I couldn't show him I was afraid because he was petrified. And so what we do, you know, let me just finish this, this thought with this thought, this, with the Joshua generation. Can I tell you, the Joshua generation had to fight a battle that their parents should have fought. Their parents left them a legacy of unfulfilled promises and broken dreams. The Joshua generation had to go in and that very first battle should have already been fought for them and they could have started to build rather than have to fight for that victory. Every generation will have its own wars and its own problems and its own things. But as parents, like this mum, we can steward our life our resources and know that everything we sow is not is is for the future it's for our children and our children's children or the young people of the world that we're, we're not doing this for us we're doing it for future and so like the Joshua and the the original generation I decided when I I got like got this revelation when I was reading it one day and I I thought, God, don't let me leave one battle unfought, one victory undone because I know my son and my daughter will have their own wars to fight without having to pick up mine to start off with. People, we're always, whether you're 15, we're still responsible for the next generation. It's part of our lifestyle. It's part of life. That's You see it in a big family. You see the older sibling is automatically looking after the younger sibling. That's like a, a built-in, inherent thing in us, this responsibility for the next generation and the next generation. If for nothing else, this lady kept the next generation and the future generations alive by using what she had, positioning herself in the field, gathering the sticks when Elijah walked in, and then her life would be forever changed. Thank you, everybody, for having me. Thank you, Pastor Trudy. Dear listeners, thank you for sharing this time together with us. We ask God to bless you, heal you, and to provide, protect, and prosper you. May God allow you to experience more and more of his love for you. We pray that this week's message has touched you in a powerful way. To connect with us online, visit us at theanswerbroadcasting.com.